Hey, Jake, we just can't leave the body there. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, nobody's going to find it. Somebody might find it. And if they do find it, then we'll be arrested. Well, if we get we get arrested or get caught, I mean, that's just dumb luck on our own. No, man, there's got to be another way. We if, we if we hide the body in another location, just, you know, move the body discreetly through the city, then nobody will know whatever happened. Nobody will know what took place. Well, if you suggest something, you know, that's in a good location, then I might be all for it. But, I mean, other than that, man, I'm fine with where it's at. No, man, we can't leave it there. All right, all right, so here we are yet again with another wonderful episode of English and Coffee. I'm your wonderful host, Demion, and today I wanted to talk a little bit about prompts. Conversation prompts, practice prompts, something you can use to stimulate internal dialogue, conversation that you can practice by yourself or with a friend. So that little thing I just recorded in the beginning was very spontaneous. I just hit record as I do with this podcast. And just started, you know, freestyling some ideas, just talking aloud. I had a scenario in my head about a a body that was being moved, that needed to be moved. And I was just playing both parts. And sometimes that's what you have to do when you're practicing language. Playing both parts. You have to be both the listener and the speaker. So there's no reason that you can't practice your language. But, I mean, make make it fun. Make it creative. You know, don't do anything boring, you know. I watched the worm crawl across the floor. Nobody wants to talk about that. So today I figured I'd just give you guys a few ideas on some interesting prompts that you can use uh, when you're trying to create a dialogue or come up with something with your friend to practice just to keep both of you motivated in learning English and moving forward with your goals. Um, Other than that, you know, I'll have a few few little ramblings at the end. I watched a couple of interesting... uh, videos today and I was just going to throw a few ideas off you guys. So without further ado, let's take another another sip. I'm on my other sip. You know, this is probably a first sip for a lot of you, but this is this is customary. This is something I, I kind of enjoy taking a sip with you uh, if you're sipping along with me. And if you're not, you know, it is what it is. I'll take one for you. But those of you that are, I need you to raise your, your McDonald's cups, your coffee mugs, whatever you're sipping out of. Hopefully you got a nice Nice blend of coffee. I'm sipping on some McCafe iced coffee situation here. I asked for caramel. She didn't give me caramel, so it is what it is. But I'm um, going to take a sip anyway. Oh, yeah. Now let's get into it. So when you think about prompts for dialogue, you know, you can typically classify this the same as writing prompts, like you would do if you were trying to write a book or write a short story. So you brainstorm a bunch of ideas that are interesting to you or both you and your partner that you would like to discuss, that you would like to play out. Play out in a dramatic, over-the-top scene. It could be something from uh, a mystery, you know, like you're trying to solve a murder or you're trying to find the missing cat. Or something is detailed, depending on your level of vocabulary, as a surgery. You know, you could be a surgeon studying English. So, I mean, you could be sitting here saying, okay, well, we need to take the scalpel. Nurse, give him more anesthesia. He's coming back. We need to check the blood pressure. Whatever vocabulary you're working on, create dialogue around that topic. And make it compelling, just like when you watch a show. You know, you cut the show on. You're like, I'm going to look at it for five minutes. And then you get sucked in because the story is so compelling. It's captivating. 
So these are the kind of dialogues you want to create in your head when you're practicing at home. These are the kind of things you want to, even if you're writing it down, you know, even if you're writing it down, maybe you're writing a short story in English. Write something interesting. Nobody's worried about grammar here. Just get the ideas out. You can go back and be a perfectionist later. Because, you know, perfectionism kills dreams. That's why people don't get things done. I'm waiting for it to be perfect. It'll never be perfect. There's always room for improvement. There's always someone better. So do your best with what you have right now. So, of course, you all know I like thrillers, mysteries, horror films. So that's kind of where my mind goes when I think of a dialogue. You know, if I'm talking about, you know, hiding a body or something like that, then then I'm going to do that in Russian. You know, I'll be Igor or come up with Sasha or different names you know, create my characters and play all the roles and just get lost in my own space. I don't care how silly it sounds, but in English, you know, just like I just came up with that scenario. I don't even remember all what I said in that scenario, but let's just do one spontaneous. Uh, let's say the missing cat. Okay. The missing cat. And this is how it needs to be. It doesn't need to be something you just thinking about for hours and stuff before you record. No, just Get on there, talk, record, listen, whatever, but just get into it. So, the missing cat, that's what we'll go about. All right, so let's say the cat is Tabby, one of them little orange regular cats that you see everywhere. All right, so I'll be, I don't know, freaking an eight-year-old girl, right? I'll be an eight-year-old girl, and I'm talking with my friend. Sarah, what's going on? My cat's gone. Who, Tabby? Yeah, Tabby's gone. I don't know where Tabby went. Well, where do you think Tabby went? Well, I was feeding Tabby yesterday, and, and, and Tabby, you know, was playing with the little mouse and the toys and everything, and then I just didn't know what to do, so I, I went and got a snack, you know, because I was bored. Tabby was having such a good time, so I went and got a snack, and I came back, and Tabby was gone. Well, where do you think Tabby is? I don't know. Did you have the window open? No, I didn't have the window open. Tabby, Tabby, Tabby likes to hide. Tabby hides under the couch sometimes. Tabby hides under the bed. Tabby hides in the closet. Tabby hides everywhere. Well, can you describe Tabby to me? Well, well, Tabby's, Tabby's uh, orange and, and fluffy and uh, Tabby's cool. Okay, so we're looking for a, a cool, fluffy orange cat. Yeah, is that it over there? No, no, that's, that's, a, that's a stuffed animal, Tabby. Um, I don't know where Tabby is. Where could Tabby be? You see what I'm saying? Just let your mind run wild. Don't overcomplicate it. Just get into the character. Even if you don't have the voices right, it's about that improv. It's about that impulsive, that spontaneous conversation that you do in your language that we do in English. When you're creating a story, you just want to be lost. You're not thinking of anything. You're using the English that you have, and you're just talking. You got to, of course, come up with the, excuse me, with the theme. You know, one thing, like, okay, looking for a cat named Tabby. Cool. Boom. Period. Let's go. Right? You don't, you don't need to overcomplicate it. English has its own hurdles. We're not going to get stuck on grammar. We're not going to get stuck on context. We're just going to talk. You make mistakes, you make mistakes, but keep it fluid, keep it going. Now, it can really get interesting if you're doing this with the partner. So you say the partner, they say their part. Of course, the, the partner is going to be the one that has the native, you know, the native tongue, you know, the native language. So they're going to help you keep the story on track. But don't worry about making mistakes. You make a mistake. Cat was orange. You say it's black. Doesn't matter. Keep the story going. It's not perfect. We're not going for a Grammy here. We're not going for an Oscar. We're just on the spot, spontaneous. So that's an example of one thing you could do. Now, I would love 
I would love to hear some of the scenarios and dialogues that you come up with. You know, even if you want to just record yourself brainstorming, you know, crazy out of your mind, just making up something and send it in. Hey, maybe we'll play it on this podcast. English and Coffee. Dot org. <laughs> you know, but like I said, uh, have fun with English. English doesn't need to be a chore. Not something, oh, I got to study English today. You know, if, if you take that approach to things, you'll never get anywhere. You have to grab it with both hands and give it your all. You know, if you pick it up, own it. You know, don't pick it up and play with it. Pick it up and own it. English is not that hard. And if you're understanding this podcast, then you know it's not that hard. So it's not the language. You know, it's not, that's, that's not what diff, what's difficult. I mean, you got kids five years old speaking English, right? They speak English better than some people that have been studying English for 12 years. Why? Because they don't care. They just talk. They, they learn. They, they, they get the vocabulary. They learn it as it comes in. Oh, that's a refrigerator. They ask silly questions. What's that? It's the sun. Why is the sun yellow? Why is it hot outside? Kids ask questions all the time. You can do that in English. You don't have to come up with a complex dialogue or crazy or interesting dialogue if you don't want just ask questions what's that it's a tree what kind of tree is it i don't know now if you want to take it to the next level look up the tree in in google you know or in an encyclopedia you know people even read those anymore encyclopedias is old school you know but like i said english language is 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 not as complex as people make it out to be it's pretty fluid i mean you can use any combination of words. There's no set rules that it has to be that way. There are plenty of authors out there that just have these unorthodox writing styles, things that loop back around. There's even a book called uh, Strine. I need to find that book so I could share that with you guys. I think I've talked about it before. I don't know if I've ever shared any examples of it, but the guy created his own language, you know, thinking in Strine. But we're going to take another break and then we're going to come back. So keeping up with the theme of role play, developing scenarios, let's just throw another random one out here. Uh, let's see, maybe you're a drug dealer. Doesn't matter if it's proper, not proper, if it's the right thing to talk about, not the right thing to talk about. But here's one thing, drug dealers and gangsters and bandits, it's fascinating. Whether you're on the right side of the law or the wrong side of the law, these people don't live ordinary lives. They're not going home eating a cheese sandwich, you know? They're not going home eating the same bowl of soup they've been eating every day for the last five years. They're not going home to the two kids and the, and the, and the .5 dogs and all this stuff and the white picket fence. They're not going home to that. They're going home, if they even go home, to murder and mayhem, right? Chaos, chaos, you know. So let's just get into it. Okay, drug dealer. All right. Hey, man, what happened to that package? What package you talking about? You know that package we dropped off the other day behind the alley? Oh, the one with the, uh, yeah, that one. Okay, okay. Well, I don't know what happened to it, because uh, last last thing I know, Flacco was over there. Well, what was Flacco doing over there? Well, Flacco was looking at it. He was trying to measure it up, you know, see how much it weighed. Oh, really? But everything had already been calculated. What was he doing touching it again? I don't know. That's Flacco. You know, that's what he does. All right, so I'm going to need to see about Flacco. We're going to need to talk to him. I need you to get Flacco over here, right? You call him over here tonight about 8 o'clock, and we're going to see what's going on. All right, cool. See, now, that's a drug dealer scenario, right? That's all street heavy, right? You know, you're talking about Flacco, who's Flacco, the drugs, what happened to the coke, right? That's how that conversation goes. That's how the lingo goes. That's going to be very different from a librarian or a teacher. 
If you're doing a teacher scenario, maybe you're a teacher talking to your students. Attention class, attention class, I need everyone to sit down. I need everyone to sit down. But Mr. Rogers, we don't want to sit down. We're children. Kids, now I know you're full of energy. You're children. You're youthful. You're energetic. But I need you to sit down and listen to this lesson. Well, what lesson are we going to talk about today? Well, today we're going to talk about world geography. I'm going to tell you about all the interesting cities around Europe. See? That's all you got to do. Pick your scenario. Go with it. Play the roles. Silly or not. Silly, funny, serious, horror movie. Doesn't matter. English is not a prison. It's a gateway. Have fun with it. Now we're going to take one more break and I'm going to come back and tell you about some of these crazy, crazy ideas. Maybe not all of them, but one of them in particular that just kind of struck my interest today. So take another sip. We'll be right back. All right. All right. So earlier I was watching some videos on YouTube, right? Watching a bunch of crazy random things. I like to watch a lot of those little compilation videos they have of um, people doing crazy stuff. I watch the ones in Russian because I'm studying Russian, but some of the videos are English and they're just overdubbed, you know, in Russian. But anyway, I came across this section where they were talking about um, the reptilian race. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of the reptilian race, but this again is with the whole, what is that, um, MK Ultra, the Illuminati, the whole Mason, you know, underground cultic type stuff. So this is conspiracy. So people are believing that there's some type of reptilian race out there that's controlling the world. Like they were here before we were here or something or like they were here before the Bible. A lot of people that have these different religious views and they believe the religion isn't a real thing. They believe it's just a, another control for people, a way for the government to, you know, lead people and guide people. But from my understanding, I mean, I haven't, you know, all been deep into it, but looking at this video, watching a few more videos following that one, just to get a clear idea. So supposedly there was giants walking on the earth, you know, mixed in with the humans. So in places like Mexico and all over the world, people are finding these giant skulls and these giant skeletons of, you know, people that could have been eight or nine feet tall. And then I didn't read it myself, but then they're also talking about in the Bible, there's mention of giants. Now, so these giants are supposed to be of an alien, of an alien race, like they were here before. And then they were trying to tie into this thing saying in religion, how, you know, the Christians are talking about Jesus is coming back. And then other religions are talking about, you know, their people coming back, you know, for the rapture. But they're trying to connect it to saying that instead of a religious figure coming back, it's going to be the aliens coming back to claim the earth and that we are supposed to be manifestations or creations of some alien being. I don't know about all that. I don't follow all that, but it's just interesting to hear. You know, it's just interesting to hear how some people on the other side of the world shoot people here, even in, in America are thinking it's like. How are we both existing on the same planet? And on this side, people are believing religion, whether uh, it's Hindu or Hin Hinduism and, um, you know, Buddhism and, you know, Catholicism. And then you got this guy over here talking about aliens are coming back to uh, control the planet. Like, what? I mean, aliens is a whole nother topic in itself. Now, I'd like to have a good conversation on some aliens, some extraterrestrial stuff. 
I mean, we've all probably seen the movie E.T., classic. If you haven't watched E.T., go back and watch it. That's where they got that um, alien that came here from Earth, and he's all, alien. he's got the glowing finger, and he's eating Reese's Pieces. Quality, I probably watched that thing 20 times when I was a kid. But aliens seem to be something or beings that live outside of our of our grasp, you know, up in space somewhere, but then they come down to Earth, you know, in these little saucer-like spaceships and beam us up and run tests on us and probe our bodies to collect samples and do different things like that. You even have people with their first-hand accounts, I'm putting that in air quotes, but their first-hand accounts of, uh, what do they call it, encounters of the, the first kind? Because there's levels of encounters. You have a first First level encounter, second level encounter, third level encounter, fourth level encounter. Yeah, we really do need to have a, we really do need to have one on some alien invasion, some alien takeover, some alien hostility. Because I think that would, I mean, I could just go off on that. But I do want to get a little more information, you know, just a little more reading on the whole alien conspiracy theory, you know, Area 51 and different things like that, I think it would be interesting. I'd be interested to know what you guys think about it before I even record that podcast. So if you have any ideas on aliens, just go to www.englishandcoffee.org and send me some of your ideas. But on that one, I'm going to wish everybody uh, the best health possible because you know, I know here in the States, the numbers is just through the freaking roof. Everybody went out on their Thanksgiving holiday did all that lovey-dovey, hi, grandma, how you doing, kissing, hugging, and stuff like that, and everybody came back, and now they're all sick and infected other people. So I think our numbers are like the highest that they've ever been. Death rates through the roof. Um, it is what it is, but just be safe out there. I know I don't like wearing the mask, you know, but I wear the mask. Why do I wear the mask? Because I'm trying to breathe tomorrow, not just for today, you know. You got to be safe. You got to be smart. These are the little precautions we got to take. Folks over there in Asia have been wearing masks. They were wearing masks before this even happened. So it's not really a, a bad thing. I mean, there's people all over the world, just some other areas, you know, where the pop, not the population, but the pollution, you know, smog and stuff, you know, so it's a protective, protective measure. I mean, something you can do even after this. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Nobody's going to judge you for it. All those people that were hypochondriacs before, or people were saying were hypochondriacs, I guess they're, they were on it, you know, they were all washing their hands and using hand sanitizer and all that stuff, trying to stay safe before, and now this is the norm. You want to have hand sanitizer, you want to wear a mask, you want to keep yourself safe, you want to wipe things down before you grab them, just go into the store and you grab the shopping cart, got your dirty hands all over it, you know, germs are up there, germs have been up there, it's just now people are more aware, you know, people are more vigilant, people are taking better care of their health, you know, so hope everybody's safe. Hope you all join me again next week when we get back to this. So breathe easy, and I'll catch you in the next one.